uh, a lot of people sick right now. Missing care this morning on the flute. Uh, Alina was sick. And uh, missing my family today. Well, some of them are in the back, the kids. But Amy's at home with Jonah. Maggie had just gotten over being sick. So now, of course, it's Jonah's turn. He's going to wake up in the middle of the night last night with one of those really nice little barky coughs. Like, bark, bark. So I'm guessing they're going to the doctor today. Um, what else going on today? Um, oh, don't forget, oh, Charlie's on Tuesday. Would really like, look, there are so many of you that aren't taking advantage of this time of fellowship to go out and eat and stuff. And uh, if you aren't doing anything on Tuesday, come eat at O'Charlie's with us. Uh, if, if you're, especially if you're a senior citizen, we call it our out-to-lunch bunch because everybody's welcome. But especially if you're a senior citizen and you don't have anything going on Tuesday, please go out to lunch with us. We have a good time. We're going to eat some of those nice uh, O'Charlie's rolls. And um, man, it's going to be good. We're going to laugh. We're going to have a good time. So sign up if you can. And if you can't, if you're like, I don't know what's going on on Tuesday, Brother Mikey. I don't know if I should sign up. But then Tuesday rolls around and you're able to come. That's okay. Oh, Charlie's will accept your money just the same, I promise. So come on out and have lunch with us. <coughs> Excuse me, now I'm getting it. <coughs> uh, <coughs> speaking of uh, eating, and uh, there's something going on tonight that oftentimes we associate with food. Like anytime Americans get together, we associate that get together with food, I think. And I know that a lot of you all tonight may be watching a certain specific game. Is anybody, now just be honest with me, is anybody going to watch the big game tonight, the Super Bowl? Anybody? Raise your hand. I'm going to record it. I'll be at church, of course, and then later on we're going to watch it. How many of you really care who wins, though? It's kind of, a few of you, a few of you. All right. Uh, that's kind of how it is this year. There's not as much of a hype. I mean, eh, the Patriots again, eh, the Falcons, whatever. Of course, I'm going to give you a free pick right now. I don't really care who wins. I'm a Cubs fan. They're not in it. Um, but I think the Patriots are going to win by 10, but I hope they lose. They ain't putting it out there. Uh, but you heard it here first. Uh, that, that big game, though. The fact is, the game tonight might be the biggest sporting event for some of these players, maybe especially the Atlanta Falcons, that they'll ever have. But in their life, it most certainly is not. We've got a game, quote-unquote game, that is much, 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 much larger than any sporting event might ever could be, uh, no matter what. Uh, no matter what kind of commercials there might How many of y'all just watched the big game for the commercials? Yeah, I mean, that's definitely Amy. She's like, oh, I don't want to miss the commercials. We've got to record it. We can uh, fast-forward through the game and, and then watch the commercials. And, and I'm like, wow, seriously? What have, we, what have we come to here? But even with those advertisements, as big as that might be for that company, it's nowhere near the most important thing that they have in their lives. Because we all know that we have an eternal battle, a battle against sin, a battle against evil. And today, instead of looking at uh, New England Patriots versus the Atlanta Falcons, let's look at the Saints versus the Giants. Now, if you're a big-time football fan, you're thinking, these two teams cannot play in the Super Bowl. They're both in the NFC. That's right. We're not talking about the New York Giants. We're not talking about the New Orleans Saints. We're talking about believers in Jesus Christ. And we're talking about the giant that we face called sin. So, of course, when we do that today, we're going to look at David and Goliath. Let's give a little recap, though, uh, of David and Goliath here. How, how did they get there? First, we got that big giant of Gath Goliath, who stood really, really, really tall, like even taller than you, Zay, for real. Like he was way up there. This guy's like almost 10 feet tall. 
And you know, last week, if you remember, I dunked a basketball. Goliath could dunk a basketball without a ladder. But Goliath could not have his sins forgiven without our ladder, which is Jesus Christ, of course. And Goliath had, he was the champion of the Philistines. Not, not just of Gath, mind you. He was the champion of the Philistines. And you might think, well, yeah, that's because he's so big. You know what? Sometimes the biggest guys, the bigger they are, the harder they fall, right? The fact is, he wasn't even the biggest. He had brothers. He had uh, nephews that were even bigger. I know we've talked about this before. There's a reason why David took those stones out there. Because Goliath had friends. David brought a stone for each one of them just in case they wanted to get involved in this battle. Or, or so we think might be the case, according to Scripture. Goliath, this wasn't his first rodeo. He had defeated many. He might be like the New England Patriots. He'd won battle after battle after battle, and now he is out there every day taunting these Israelites, saying, oh, how tough are you now? Where is your God now? And spitting in their face. And then we've got on the other side David, who's going to represent the saints today, the Christians, um, the good guys, if you will. David Listen, we think of this boy shepherd, but was he? Was he really just a boy? He's an accomplished shepherd who was very, very talented. He was not only a musician, but he was able to defeat other obstacles. And whenever he heard Goliath out there uh, running his mouth about his people, about his Lord, what did David say? He said, am I going to do anything about this? He said, aren't you guys going to stand up to this big bully, to this sin? Aren't you? He said, because I'm going to, and I'm going to what? I'm going to do it today. I'm not going to wait till next week. I'm going to wait till next month. I'm not going to let this guy keep coming out here every single day. I'm, going to keep, I'm not going to keep this sin in my life. I'm going to do something about it today. Of course, word gets back to King Saul. Next thing you know, uh, David's standing in front of King Saul, and King Saul's like, whoa, 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 wait a minute, David. Now, he's not like, look, you're too tiny. Look, you're just some kid. Come on. Do you guys really think that the king of Israel, as many mistakes as he has made, do you, do you think that he's going to send out a boy against Goliath? Now, I'm not saying that David was a seasoned veteran in battle, because he most certainly was not. And that's what Saul's going to say. He's going to say, wait a minute. Why would I send you out there to face this giant, this champion of giants? What's David going to say? 1 Samuel chapter 17. Verse 34 through 37. I think only some of it's up there. Let me pull my scripture out here. Verse 34. David persisted. I have been taking care of my father's sheep and goats. When a lion or bear came to steal a lamb from the flock, I, I go after it with a club and rescue the lamb from its mouth. If the animal turns on me, I catch it by the jaw and club it to death. And then the scripture picks up there. I have done this to both lions and bears, and I'll do it to this pagan Philistine too, for he has defiled the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the claws of the lion and the bear will rescue me from the Philistine as well. Now think about that. Does that change your perspective on David any at all? Because it does mine when I read that. Have any of you ever gone after a wild lion or a wild bear? 
and chased them down to pull a lamb out of their mouth. And then, if that lion or bear got mad because you took its food away, decided to turn on you, grabbed it by the jaw and clubbed it to death. Anybody? No, I didn't think so. Anybody want to? <laughs> no, probably not that either. David had. And when Saul hears this, he's got a different perspective about what he's going to do with this supposed boy shepherd David because he's going to send him out into battle. He's going to send him out. So the fact is, just to recap it again, we've got David, we've got Goliath, who was the champion of the Philistines, and we've got David, and he's defeated other things. He's defeated lions, which if you're going to talk about football, anybody can beat the lions, right? But he also defeated the mighty bears. He defeated the bears. Uh, now, of course, he didn't defeat those football teams, but just to say that he defeated the lion and the bear, that guy was tough. Make no mistake about it. So as we go forward now, let's look at, what, let's look at David here a little bit more. The saints. What, what are you going to do if you're David now in this situation? You've just been given permission to go out and fight this giant. I don't want you to think for what I don't think David was scared. I think David trusted the Lord that much. But he's still going to need to get geared up, right? And we're going to talk a little bit more about the armor of God in, in a few weeks, so I'm not going to get too deep into it today. But when we talk about football players, you know, can you imagine a football player going out there with no padding? If you've ever watched the NFL, you shouldn't even, like, don't do that. And oftentimes, if I'm watching it and someone's helmet pops off, I'm like, oh, man, someone's going to get hurt. Someone's going to get hurt. Someone's going to get a concussion. Someone's going to get physically wounded. But as Christians, when we go out to that battle every single day of our lives, uh, shouldn't we also make sure we're geared up? Shouldn't we make sure that we are wearing that faith uh, across our chest, that, that we are ready for this? Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 through 11 says this, A final word, be strong in the Lord, and in his mighty power put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. Folks, when we stand firm in the word of God, we can stand firm against Satan. When we stand firm with the righteous path that Christ has laid out in front of us, we can stand up to giants, to giants. <clears throat> so what about old David here? He's an example to us, isn't he? I mean, this, this guy is going to serve us. What a great story this is. Look, this is the miracle. The fact that David defeated Goliath, make no mistake, that is not a miracle. That's called a young man trusting God. He was going to defeat Goliath. He was better equipped than Goliath. He had God on his side. What did Saul try to do, though? Let's go, let's go old school. Let's go the way we've always done it. What are we going to do? We're going to put on armor, literal armor. We're going to put on a sword. Now, this picture doesn't really depict what Scripture says, I don't think. The Scripture, when I read it again this week, it didn't say, oh, David, it was way too big for him and way too heavy for him. Saul was bigger than David, I'm sure of that. But it doesn't say that this was too heavy. David was able to grab a bear and club it to death. This armor is not too heavy for him. What did he say? It slows him down. He's cumbersome. He's not used to it. I don't want to go out to battle with these, this equipment that I'm not used to. This stuff that is going to slow me down. Listen, I don't care who you are, armor's going to slow you down. Instead, he wants to go out there with his normal tools, his sling, his shepherd's bag, his staff, his stones, and God on his side. 
So are we getting the right equipment? Maybe that's the, the question we should ask right now. Are we trusting God? Do you have confidence in the Lord right now to help you through whatever it may be? Because that's the main thing that David had going for him, I believe. Weapons aside, David's going to serve as this example for us of faith. And really that faith is going to go so much bigger than that. Trust, enthusiasm. Think, think about this now for a second, okay? We're talking about David trusting God so much that he's out ready to fight this, this giant, this 10-foot-tall monster. But what does it say that David's going to do later on in the scripture? And I'll let you read that one on your own in, in 1 Samuel 17. It's going to say he runs out there. He didn't cower out there. He didn't walk a, a real slow. It, it wasn't like he was walking out there to, to, to bells tolling that's going to represent his death, right? He is going out there with enthusiasm because he knows he's about ready to kick old Goliath's butt. That's what he's going to do. He is excited to serve God. He is excited to trust God. He is excited to represent his faith. And folks, when we have that in our heart, nothing can beat us. <coughs> folks, if God is for you, who can be against you? What about that old giant Goliath? He's going to laugh, of course. <laughs> ah, David. <laughs> David Schmavid is what he's going to say. That old giant, though, represents so many other things. We'll talk about that in a second. But when we look at David and we look at his life right then and there, what was the giant that he was facing? The literal giant Goliath. What about you? We've all got our giants that we face. We've all got our Goliaths, if you will. What, what's yours? Oh, yeah, I had to put this picture up. That's Shaquille O'Neal and Muggsy Bogues, like one of the tallest, one of the shortest from a decade ago, probably. But the fact is, Muggsy Bogues was a lot better than Shaquille O'Neal in many, many ways. Many, many ways. Uh, but that wasn't even really Muggsy Bogues as a giant. What's, what's, what's the thing that is keeping you from doing what you're supposed to do for God? Think about it for a second. Maybe, maybe it's for coming down this aisle at the end of a service and giving your life to Christ. Maybe it's for making the witness that you know you need to make. Maybe it's from moving forward with your faith, from being a part of a Sunday school class, to studying the Word of God, to praying, to being more consistent. What's your giant? What is it that is standing between you and God? And why are you letting it happen? It's time to defeat that giant. It's time to do it today. Is it your own uh, self-worth? Is it your own trust issues? What is it? What we have to understand, though, is that we're not facing a literal giant. It's a figurative giant. And it's far greater than Goliath would ever be. But it is defeatable. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against the evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against the mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly place. Your struggles. So what's Goliath? He's going to serve as an example to us, isn't he? This big, tall, ugly giant. What's he, what's he to you? An example of evil. And that'll go a step further. Go ahead, Ryan. That'll go a step further. Doubt, sin, problems, issues, 
however you want to say it. Are these your giant doubt, sin, problems, issues? If they are, are you trusting God to help you defeat them? Folks, we've all got sin in our life. That's why we need Jesus Christ. But that doesn't mean it's okay. You've still got to defeat it. You've still got to move away from it. You've still got to cut it off and throw it away. Doubt, man, that's something that everyone ever has faced at some point or another. If you have doubt in your life, I encourage you right now to say, Lord, help me to get rid of this moment of doubt and faith. See how that lifts up off of you. Because it's a good feeling. Or what about the problems that you have? Oh, man, the excuses that people give nowadays for not being consistent in their faith, for not being consistent in their attendance at church with such a loving church family. Oh, the problems people have that keep them from a relationship with Christ. That's their giant. That's their problems. That's their issues. And folks, that's our main thing, I think, as a church right now, is we've got to continue to help each other, support each other, to encourage each other. Like we talked about last week, give the assist. Because there is no reason whatsoever that in your life right now, you can't slay that big, ugly giant. You just got to go through the battle sometimes. And what about this battle? These giants, the giants versus the saints. It's really quite simple, isn't it? Maybe this is a battle that we're dealing with, but it's a battle you can't win unless you give it to God. See, the battle belongs to the Lord. Just plain and simple. If you give this battle to God and trust him, and fall, you can't just say, okay, God, I've got a problem. I'm giving it to you, and I expect everything to clear up. It's not going to work that way. You've got to follow what he's given you. You've got to follow that path of righteousness. You've got to search the scriptures. You've got to say your prayers. You've got to be obedient. But you've got to let it belong to the Lord. 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 47. This is what David says. Everyone assembled here will know that the Lord rescues his people. Not with the sword and spear. This is the Lord's battle. He will give you to us. And then First Second Chronicles 20, 15. Do not be afraid. Don't be discouraged by this mighty, mighty army. For the battle is not yours, but whose? God's. It's God's. Are you giving it to God? Are you turning it over to him? That's how we're going to have victory. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 6 through 8. As slaves of Christ, talking about that word slaves a lot in Bible study on Wednesday night. Let me encourage you to come to that. Real good study going on with Romans. As slaves of Christ, uh, do the will of God with all your heart. Work with enthusiasm as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. Remember that the Lord will reward each one of us for the good that we do. For enthusiasm. That's how we're working for the Lord. We're running out to that battle. We're running out to face that giant with confidence in our hearts. Why? Because yes, you can. So what's the outcome going to be? First, I got a quote up here, I believe. What's the outcome? We talked about this again on Wednesday night. Dr. Jack Cottrell, I think this says it great. A general principle of Christian living, Christian life. Everything we do should be done to the glory of God and in the name of Jesus. Now think about that for a second. Everything we do should be done to the glory of God. Everything that you do, the glory of God. When you go to work, when you go hang out with your friends, when you go to church, when you drive up the street, don't, let's not get started on road rage again. Right? That sometimes it's hard. 
That's probably the place that most of us forget that we're Christians, isn't it, sometimes? That's how Maggie says I go. You cut me off. Listen, I'm not saying we can't get angry. Of course we can. Besides, we've got to turn the other cheek, too. Everything we do. Everything. So, folks, right now, ask yourself, is everything I'm doing for the glory of God? Not, not for your glory, not for the church's glory, but for the glory of God and in the name of Jesus. Because if you're doing something right now in your life that isn't for the glory of God and can't be done in the name of Jesus, you've just found your giant. Now defeat it. Now put it aside. What's the outcome when we give this battle to God? What's the outcome? It's going to be quite simple. Christian living. And I don't know about the rest of you all, but I know that when we have that Christian living, when we give that battle to God, that's when it gets real fun, and that's when we're going to experience that victory. What about that victory? David versus Goliath. David goes out there, gets that sling. Again, this isn't a little Bart Simpson slingshot, y'all. This is a weapon. You know what Goliath did? He brought a knife to a gunfight. This is what Goliath did. He's got this big giant sword. You ever seen Indiana Jones? Where the guy's all waving his swords all around, going crazy, and Indiana Jones says, psh, and shoots him? That's what David did to Goliath, quite honestly. Because Goliath's over there running his big mouth. And David puts one stone, just one stone, in that sling. <laughs> And it sinks into his head, and the giant falls flat on his face, and David walks over and does what? Because he didn't have a sword. He pulls that giant sword. Remember, he, he's not a weakling. He was strong enough to kill that bear, and he's strong enough to pick up that giant sword and use it in a manner that cut off that giant's head. That's what he did. So what are you going to do with that sin in your life, that thing that you can't give God glory for, that thing that you can't say I'm representing Jesus with? you got to cut its head off, and you got to get rid of it. And then our victory. Oh, our victory. But that victory is not ours, is it? It's important. No. Just like that day when, when David defeated Goliath, he didn't go around. No, he did go around holding that giant's head up. Let me tell you, he did do that. Scripture says. He didn't go around and say, look what I did. Did he? He said, look what God did. Look what God did. 1 John chapter 4, verse 4. You belong to God, my dear children. You have already won a victory over those people because the spirit who lives in you is greater than the spirit who lives in the world. Folks, that deserves an amen. Now, oddly enough, this morning in Sunday school, we had a story that was shared, and I, I have one that's kind of similar. Uh, about, about an old guy, and this is one of those stories that you pick up. I didn't know this guy, but the story goes that he sat there in church, and every week he thought, today's the day. I'm going to go down the aisle. I'm going to give my life to Christ. And then the next week would roll around, and he'd say, today's the day. And he wouldn't do it, and the next week would roll around, and today's the day. And then finally one day it was too late, and he couldn't walk down the aisle anymore. He couldn't, he couldn't make that decision to walk down the aisle and give his life to Christ. He'd, he'd not been able to do that. And he said, I missed my opportunity. Folks, don't miss your opportunity. Do it today. 
right now. This is, we're going to have a chance here in just a second. Do not hesitate. If you've been putting off putting your membership in here with us, do it today. If you've been putting off being baptized, I'm asking you, why are you waiting? It's not about me. It's about you with a relationship with Jesus. If you believe in Jesus Christ, you need to get baptized. It's your next step. Do it today, right now, right now. If you've been waiting to rededicate your life, don't wait any longer. Do it today. What did David say whenever he saw that giant, that sin out in that battlefield, running his mouth and keeping the people down? He said, something needs to be done. I'm going to do it today. Would you please bow with me? Most gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you so very much for the victory that you give us through your Son, Jesus. We thank you, Lord, because we know that we're not worthy to be called winners. Only your Son is. We thank you, Lord, for giving us a taste of that victory through him. Lord, we're so blessed to have a God that loves us so very much that he gives us a way to defeat our giants, our sins, our doubts, our fears. Lord, help us to do that today. Help us to not put things off, to not procrastinate any longer, but instead to be able to say, Lord, I know that I have work to do and I want to do it today. Lord, I ask a blessing upon all those here. Help us to grow in strength, to grow in faith, and to run into battle with enthusiasm like your servant David did. Lord, once again, we thank you. We ask all these things in your Son, our victors, the most precious and holy name, the name of Jesus. Amen.